We're recording now. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sixth episode of A Thousand Tiny Tantrums, starring me, James, and him. Featuring this guy. What's your name? Um, fuck, what is my name? Um, my name's Nick. Right. He swore already. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, this is a new record. God. Anyway, this episode is called Return of the Reboot. It was Return of the Sex earlier, mm-hmm. um, even though it has nothing to do with sex. Well, that kind episode's of, coming kind s- of. later. Yeah, like we're both excited for the sex episode. Um, yeah, we're we're having a friend. Yeah, for, for that one. Eventually, whenever COVID stops being a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how are you, James? You don't tap the table. I didn't realize you couldn't tap the table. Um. Hmm. How are you? How you doing? How you doing? Well, I'm doing just fine. I lied. I'm tired inside. I get copywritten for that. <laughs> it's a, no, Copyright that's a meat. That was that, that was just a vine. Oh, no was copyright. it? Yeah, yeah, just fine. Well, was, yeah. that was back from like the legendary days of Vine, when Vine was just like the best thing ever. I thought it was like a legitimate thing. Nope. I mean, it's become like a huge meme since then because it hasn't really gone away. <laughs> it hasn't really stopped being relevant. <laughs> so, like... And it got even more relevant this last week. Oh my god, it's being um, the best. So birthday month ever we're, so far. I thought I thought we couldn't tap last year's birthday month, but it seems like we're going broke. Like Oh, what was last January like? The almost World War Three. Right. Yeah. Right. Almost. So World much has happened. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> that happened like three times last year. Uh but yeah, we 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 don't want to talk too much about the American situation. Um but we do want to talk. Uh, we do want to address it because we do have a lot of American listeners. James has a lot of American fans. I don't like the word fans. It makes me sound so bougie. American followers. That makes no, me that sound makes like a cult, cult leader. leader. American <laughs> friends, subscribers, They're subscribers, subscribers. Sure. We'll keep it professional. Yeah. Profesh. Subscribers. If you guys can think of a better term, by all means. American um, pals, buddies, James heads, something. James. That sounds like a rock band. James head. Summer Childs. Summer Childs. Um, <laughs> S-O-M-E-R Childs. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the shit that happened last week with the uh, Republicans deciding to storm the Capitol. Um, I mean, I think it's safe at this point to say that I don't even know if these people are Republicans because they attack Republicans. They attack Mitt Romney. Oh, they wanted to hang Mike Pence. Yeah. They built a gallows to Mm -hmm. hang Mike Pence, which Um, I am not a fan of Mike Pence, but like that, that's a bit much. Yeah. um, They wanted to shoot Nancy Pelosi and hang Mike Pence. They wanted to take, one of them wanted to shoot Elon. I don't want to talk about that. Like, Oh, they wanted to shoot a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, um, One of them was quoted saying the only solution for everyone in that building is to kill them all. Yeah. Um, Getting off to a very happy start to this podcast. Uh, we just wanted to talk about that, you know, like, I, I guess, like, I don't know, like that January 6th changed a lot of my kind of views on government and what people need to do about the government. Didn't really change anything for me. Um, I, I was a little bit more radical. I was like, yeah, like, you know, protests, like take things back by force if necessary. Now I'm like, okay, no, I don't want that. Like, yeah, I, I, there's actually a lot of people that I've seen um, like in that I, camp who were very much like the progressives need to, you know, 
storm the capital yeah. kind of idea and now they they've seen what it looks like yeah it it, it isn't flattering and yeah. it doesn't make you look good at the now and especially like especially if you lose yeah and that is if you say, win you get to whitewash it out and of that history, isn't necessarily but... to say that any that change isn't needed and that drastic action isn't needed but that drastic action doesn't have to look like violent revolution that drastic action doesn't have to look like storming the capital yeah drastic action can take many different forms and even forms that are a little bit more radical than what bernie sanders wanted to do like something that the united states can do that is a drastic action is actually changing the constitution mm -hmm. and yes you need you know 66 percent of people to say yes to that 66 percent of the states etc but two-thirds of everything um but that's a very drastic action and that supersedes congress mm -hmm. so the people that are owned by the rich don't have a say in it yeah um but that's a huge movement in trying to get these things on anything it is but i mean you know start now and maybe it'll be done mm -hmm. and just the hypocrisy of it all how apparently the police weren't prepared for this insurrection. Yeah, but Meanwhile, they, they during BLM, they had BLM. tanks, they had, you know, air support. They were lined up with full assault rifles. There were people in, the, in this insurrection walking into the White House, walking up the steps. Not the White House. It's Capitol building. Um, boinking people on the heads with their with the flagpoles they brought. Police the, officers. Boinking the, police officers. Not boinking. Head. Beating them over the head. Oh, Jesus. That wasn't a boop. That was okay. beating him over the head boinking. with a flagpole. Yeah. And just no retaliation, even though apparently blue lives matter. Which I got to love the irony about people who support the police tre uh, like touting the don't tread on me flag. It's like... You have no idea who you do or do not want to be treading on you. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, it was very telling. Uh, and I think even a lot of people that were kind of like, oh, well, you know, the reason the police need to be violent for, with BLM is because they're protesting and blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. And even a lot of those people kind of saw this and mm -hmm. saw the police opening mm -hmm. the gates for them and all this stuff and kind of went... The police helping them down the stairs. Yeah, like... but kind of went... Oh. Yeah. And now the police, a lot of people in the police have had to step down. A lot of them have been fired. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting to see how the police, the people at the police level, were helping the the, the, the terrorists. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the people now at the FBI level are arresting them. Yeah. The FBI have made 50 arrests. and 100. They 100. Okay, I read it. It was 50 earlier today. Um, and 100 they, the last time I The headline that. said they they plan to make, quote, hundreds more. Yeah. So that that's interesting. Because the um, FBI is like, no, no, we are the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and you trespassed and damaged federal land. Not to mention got access to confidential files in the government. Potentially. They stole one of Nancy Pelosi's computers, which, according to her office, was just kind of like a burner computer. It wasn't important. But maybe it was important, and they just didn't want to say, which, oh, there's important files on this. I actually have to say, I am not entirely against Nancy Pelosi right now, like I normally am. Like, because she, like, publicly has been very kind maybe of... Maybe this was all set up by Joe Biden to get everyone on his side. New conspiracy theory. Oh my God, I don't even want to think about that. But like, you know, she was like publicly. Like, I don't actually think that. Just I hate that Congress. Uh, was it Congress or the Senate that gave the Capitol Police a standing ovation after Congress. after session? After okay, that was just ugh. I mean, the I house. Had, the house did. Yeah, I made a hand gesture. You couldn't see it, but it was a hand gesture of disgust. Um, hand but Nancy Pelosi, like, in spite of what she's been saying publicly, like behind closed doors, she's been making a list uh, of people and to just sack. people. Like, and... yeah, and she is cleaning house. Yeah, she's so like, I respect her swift action on that, and like, 
thing about Nancy Pelosi is that there's always two Nancy Pelosi's, right? So. Well, yeah, that's that, that's the thing with most politicians, mm-hmm. and I don't agree with Nancy Pelosi on most things, mm-hmm. but you know, she's actually at least moving forward with the impeachment stuff because every so many people are like, oh, what's the point in impeaching him? There's only like ten days left, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And if you impeach him and then the Senate convicts him, which the Senate can do, the Senate can convict him after he's no longer president. Mm-hmm. So the Senate can do that once the Democrats take hold and then he's not president anymore. There's a lot of Republicans in the Senate who would really like to run in 2024. And so it kind of gives them the opportunity to impeach him when he's not there Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to run against him in 2024 because if he is convicted in the senate long story short what i was trying to get to Mm -hmm. he can never run for public office again not just that and he never get he never he doesn't get his presidential pension Mm -hmm. he doesn't get security security detail like he doesn't get that former president that's why nixon stepped down yeah because he wanted to keep he he wanted to be president nixon going forward yeah because when you're the president of the united states when your terms end or when you're elected out voted out you stick you are continue to be referred to as president like it's still president obama it's president bush it's president even when you resign yeah Um, no one's been impeached yet but officially when you don't give that treatment to jimmy carter no they don't they never say president carter no um well i I think even though he's probably done the most good of any former president oh my god but um yeah and and i was reading today that a lot of people are like oh donald trump is going to step down because he's going to want that four hundred thousand dollars a year and the security and all that stuff is not is not a language he speaks because if he steps down and is then pardoned by Mike Pence, mm-hmm. he can run again. Mm. But does his ego yeah. allow him to think sense? That's also depending on if Mike Pence wants to pardon him. Yeah, because well, then, he's, given that he there are sent people them who... after him. At the rally he had before that, he told them, you know, M- Mike Pence needs to be nice to us. Yeah, And so he kind of sent them after him. We apologize for that. They're was technical difficulty also known as my phone decided to ring an alarm but we should actually get going with the actual episode like soon i just want to make one yeah we actually is now yeah okay Okay. what were you gonna say i don't i i i'm i am still disappointed in the number of democrats who are saying we need to reach across the aisle and work on both sides oh yeah absolutely it's it's just joe biden's getting really bad for that he's saying you know um Oh, don't even get me started. Like Joe Biden, when like there when the protests were happening for BLM, it was like you need to sit down, shut up, and stop rioting things. For this, it was like America can do better. America is better than this. We need hope and unity. And like that, not as the exact words. What was it? I, I can't even remember. I just, it just made me so mad. Yeah. To see that. Um, but, but he he said the thing that actually irked a lot of like hardcore Democrats, like people who are like were in the pocket for Biden in the primary mm-hmm. kind of thing, was he said, we need a Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it was the uh, Republicans not this who one. did this. Like, well, yeah. They're kind of saying, like, if you're saying we need an opposition party so that there is, you know, more representation in the Congress and the Senate, or in the House and the Senate, sure. But, the thing but of, we don't need this Republican the Party. The thing about that is that the Republican Party has, this Republican Party has only been around since, like, the last 150 years. Like the Republican well, America hasn't been around that long. Yes. No, I just mean like America's yeah. only been around for like 250, so it's not yeah. like. Yeah, the, the Republican Party and wasn't... this Republican Party has not been around for 150 yeah. no, years. No, this no, Republican no. Party's only been around since this, since since Nixon, mm-hmm. really. Yep. No, the 60s. Yeah, the 60s. 
Yeah, because that's where Nick, what Nixon came out of. But yeah, the Republican Party and the Democrats weren't the original two political parties of America. In fact, George Washington wanted a country that didn't have political parties. That didn't have political parties. And then um, Jefferson immediately, and then four years later, Jefferson. No, was that eight years later? I don't know. How many I don't know any of those. I don't, I don't. But like the next president. Old white men who the, own the, slaves writing documents saying, look how amazing we are. I really don't care. The, the immediate <laughs> presidency after, um, presidential race after George Washington formed political parties. Yeah. Which, bum, 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 like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the... Now that we're, we're done talking about depressing shit, mm -hmm. um, the general topic of this episode is kind of um, rebooting and branding. Yeah, like because we've been ha James and I have been having a lot of conversations about stuff lately. Stuff, stuff, super specific stuff. Um, actually, the super specific stuff uh, because like we both have a lot of shared interests and in a lot of things and, and opinions. We have lots of opinions. Um, and, and there are two things that kind of stood out in terms of uh, just like, you know, reboots, essentially, that have come up lately or will come up soon. One of them I wouldn't say is a reboot. One, well, we, we should just get into it. Hey, we want to talk about Star Wars and Sex in the City. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sex in the City because the they announced that there's going to be a new, basically a sequel series. Mm -hmm. It's not called Sex in the City. It's called something else that I can't remember. Oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Um, just how it is? That's and then it happened? Is. Something like that? Yeah. I can't remember. Um, anyway, it's like a sequel series. It happens now. It's um, Charlotte, Miranda, and Carrie, mm -hmm. what they're doing now. Yeah. And it's not going to have Samantha because Kim Cattrall does not want to do it because she hates them. Not until it gets popular, at least. Um, she turned down $10 million and... Because they're getting a million dollars an episode. There's ten episodes. Oh, Jesus. And she turned it down. She just has said, I hate them. Well, I, I don't know what happened there. Nobody really knows what happened. <laughs> because she's been relatively vague and basically said they were mean to her. And they're like, no, we were never mean. And it's like, well, I don't know. But anyway, they're doing a reboot of sex in the city and that's where this all kind of stemmed from yeah and then that got us talking about other reboots and we ended up having a lot to say about star wars so we decided to put a cap on that conversation stick it on here because we love things putting things together that don't go together yeah so <laughs> star wars and the city <laughs> sith in the city <laughs> so i'm i'm really excited for the sex in the city sequel i guess sequel series mm -hmm. because sex in the city and queer as folk basically defined my teenage years um you'd think i would get laid more um <laughs> you but, never go out james but the, well no one does right now and people right. are still getting laid. even they're going to puerto vallarta and on a boat and capsizing the boat <laughs> oh my god have you seen that he's on the boat have you seen that someone on only, made an only someone with an only fans uh, got dressed up in like the viking outfit with the american flag like paint and stuff and like like is he like a neo-nazi or is he making fun of him he is kind of i guess he's using that as kind of a springboard for like publicity and like it's going bo literally both ways at the same time some people because i don't understand why people are thirsting after a terrorist um there are so many gays who are thirsting after that guy I'm like... I mean, if you want to thirst after a Viking, there are literally hotter Vikings to thirst after. I'm not... That aren't neo-Nazis. Yeah, but, like, why? 
it's it's like the the guy with the the he murdered someone i think mm-hmm. or did i can't remember but anyway yeah. sex in the city um <laughs> i'm really excited it and queer as folk define my teenage years i have watched every episode of sex in the city like more literally times than I guys, guys i encourage you to go well, that wouldn't really work because it only needs to happen in real time i can say any episode number and James will say, oh, that's this episode. It has this name, and this is what happened. I can say... What, when I did... haven't watched the whole series through in a while, so that I would be... I don't know if I would nail it, but okay. I'm pretty good with At it. At your peak, when you rewatched the whole series not well, a few years ago, um, I could literally say, like, what was the episode that this happened? And you'd be able to come up with the episode number, uh, season number. <laughs> or just say, like, episode X, season X, and I could outline the plot for the yeah, four Yeah, like, you could, you could go both ways. Like, yeah. Um... So, like, I loved it. I saw the first movie um, at a preview. The, before midnight showings were a mm-hmm. thing, I saw it at a midnight showing preview thing. Oh. It was me and 300 women. That was the whole theater. Me and 300 women. There were no other gays, just me and 300 women. Well, you were only gay on, on, uh, on the island, yeah. On the island. Uh, pretty much. The rest of them came out after I left. And I'm like, I knew he was gay. I knew he was gay. I knew he was gay. <laughs> Um, I have not actually seen all of Sex in the City. Which is a crime against gaydom. I've seen seasons one, two, seven, I don't think three. you've seen season one. Yeah, I've watched season one. Carrie farts? Yeah. Okay, you've Carrie seen talks, season one. Carrie addresses the audience. She does that in season two a little bit, too. Okay, I actually really liked that. I know people didn't, but I, I did. I don't think... I don't know if people didn't. I think they just decided to make it more narrative and I less... I guess so. Like, I, I mean, like, I like both ways, but, like, I, I didn't dislike the other way. I think it's a really good way to yeah. introduce the series, and then yeah. eventually it becomes more... Mm-hmm. Like, that drops over time over the course of season yeah, one it, and it two. Yeah, it was definitely more playful. But, like, I've seen mm-hmm. season one, two, a lot of three. Um, I've seen most of season four. And they went up to season six, I think, right? Yeah, I think you've seen, like, episode... From what you've told me, you've seen episodes, like... Um, a Woman's Right to Shoes is in season six. Yeah, I've, I've seen scattered episodes a lot. Like, I've seen enough to know about the characters and to know them really thoroughly. For instance, on the uh, Golden Girls Sex and the City Matrix, I am a Miranda... Oh, fuck. I mean, it must be Dorothy. Yeah, Buddy White. Rose? Yeah. Miranda Rose? Yeah, that's a very... Like, James, think of it. Like, it works, doesn't it? I mean, kind of. <laughs> that is the most random pairing, though. It explains a lot. You would be a Samantha Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah. Horny, but never getting laid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that fits. Um, People should comment in the in the um, video comment section what their Matrix characters would be. Yeah. yeah. It, if if you're doing this, if you're listening, watching this on YouTube. Do that. Go down in the comments and say if you've seen Sex in the City and the Golden Girls, say which mm-hmm. which two you you are. But um, so yeah, they're getting a reboot. Like I know enough about the characters that I can you know say with confidence. Well, like, it's not a reboot. Would, it's not a right, reboot. not a reboot. I, I mean, a, like I, it's a sequel. I count sequel things like for TVs, even like Star Wars. That that kind of qualifies to me as a reboot. Like even the Blade Runner thing. Like when it's it's not necessarily it can be a sequel if but in my opinion if you're continuing the story it's not a reboot my opinion is more about like the kind of cultural ideas behind it like if you are picking up something that hasn't been used in some time like blade runner um i'd consider that more of a reboot than a sequel 
because it is reintroducing the property into the... I get what you're saying, but I disagree. Um, I mean, it's a matter of semantics, I think. Yeah. Um, But yeah, of course, the big thing is that Kim Cattrall is not going to be on it. Mm -hmm. And so the big question is, how do you do Sex in the City without Samantha? Mm -hmm. And Everyone's like, they're going to add another character. Well, everyone, everyone, honestly, I'm seeing a lot of, especially gays on Twitter Mm -hmm. being like, you can't do Sex in the City without Samantha. And I'm like, I think you can. Yeah. So James and I have talked. Has ideas. Yeah. James and I have ideas. Yeah. Um, So why don't we just like talk it through? That's what this text section can be. Our first idea was kind of to give Carrie and this, like the the premise is that I I think Mr. Big had a heart attack. Yeah. So this is is just what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mr. Big has had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Carrie is now, you know, she's been living out Mm -hmm. in like... The, um, the suburbs of New York, outside mm-hmm. the city. And she's been living out there with her rich yeah. husband, Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. He dies. Turns out he didn't have as much money as he thought, as she thought he did. Well, he and it's also in Canada that he dies from a heart attack because he has had heart problems in the yeah. series. Yeah. Um, so he didn't have as much money or he, he owed debt, something like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, she's left with enough money to buy an apartment in mm-hmm. Manhattan. Yeah. But not a whole lot more. Yeah. So she starts writing a column for the new york times or i said her the new yorker blog or the new yorker or something yeah. like that um and gets her back in the city yeah, and, and the whole idea it, it, is dating like, after 50 in new york well dating after 50 and being someone who's been out of the culture and reintroducing into what the new culture mm-hmm. is and that and you know that that's that's a big that i think carrie's would fit that a lot oh yeah like, absolutely um because she called herself uh what was it i think a sexual anthropologist. <laughs> That's what she called herself in the first season. So. Well, yeah, and like, so it would be kind of a compare and contrast. Like, you know, like she's a cave woman who went into a time machine, and she's gone. She's gone out now. Like yeah. she is unfrozen from the block of ice, and now she has to kind of navigate this new New York. And so she's back in the city. I keep bumping this. She's back in the city. I told you to put it over here. And she. I talk with my hands. They're both of them going. I know that. The, that's where you put them back. Anyway. Like. <laughs> so she's back in the city. <laughs> And she hires an assistant. Mm-hmm. And the assistant would be a young bisexual woman of color. Mm-hmm. Well, at who, first we were saying, like, um, like even give Elliot Flasher something to do. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Page. Like, a, a bu- or a bot, or, or, like... So many Elliots. Well, there, I, I had different thought on that. Okay. Uh, I think we had different... Plans. We kind of left it open and we're like, we'll talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. Like, so so my my thinking was that she hires a bi or pansexual woman of color to be her uh-huh. assistant, who basically becomes the new Samantha. She's the yeah. she's the promiscuous one. She's the one that sleeps around. She's uh-huh. the one who you get the crazy sex stories from. Uh-huh. Um and the thing that I liked the most was the idea that Charlotte's first child, who she adopted uh-huh. from China, uh-huh. has transitioned. And is now a teenage boy. Yeah. And Charlotte is super... Char- Charlotte Char- of all of them is super woke. Charlotte Charlotte is a woke mom. She is woke mom. And she the- she knows everything about gender. She knows... Every- because that's the way she was in the show. She mm-hmm. needed... To, she would like... You know, mm-hmm. when she converted she to compulsive. Judaism. Yeah. She like read... She, the Torah was in her brain. Mm-hmm. And like Carrie and Miranda are like... What happened... You were the the uptight one who was like mm-hmm. confused by bisexuals and now transgender people are you just yeah. you know everything yeah and about so them? Charlotte and and this really redeemed Charlotte in my eyes because she was the one that I didn't really click with that much nobody did no okay no, nobody at least nobody liked to admit that they clicked with Charlotte because she was the most conservative of the lot even though a lot of people who called themselves Carries were actually Charlottes 
Yeah, a lot of people like to say they're Carrie and they're not. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, she has a transgender son. And meanwhile, I called myself a Carrie. No, I said, was I have the Miranda? Yeah, I was, I was a Miranda, Miranda, Miranda Rose. Miranda Rose. Miranda Rose. Um, that sounds like sounds a drag like name. A drag name, yeah. <laughs> um, Miranda Rose. Uh, but, so she has a transgender son and that's there. And we kind of follow... Okay, right. Uh, a little bit of his story. Not he's not like a fifth character, but he's mm-hmm. kind of like a like a, as big as like Stanford was in the original series. Yeah, and that would be the basic premise. Oh, and mm-hmm. Miranda is uh, single again because Steve. I thought I thought we were gonna have Miranda in the stable relationship as kind of a flip from the first series. Yes, Miranda's in the stable relationship, and Charlotte is. I think Harry died or divorced. No, because Mr. Big died, and so I think we were going to have Big it that died that Charlotte and Harry kind of just split. yeah, because they had the perfect marriage, but they mm-hmm. got divorced because like you know after menopause hit and everything, yeah. they just didn't they yeah. didn't compute it and anymore. like and I imagine they'd still be friends. Like it'd be probably it, they would probably have this weird amicable separation, and that would be the weird thing because like Charlotte even said in the series mm-hmm. like oh I could never talk to someone after I broke up with them, mm-hmm. and so having her basically be friends with her ex husband mm-hmm. would be really interesting, and having her have the transgender son and she's mm-hmm. super woke on all these gender yeah. issues, and Carrie who's been living in the suburbs with all these hoity-toity people yeah. who don't understand what trans is. Yeah, and, and she just has to get in, and the whole series about her is about her being reintroduced to these things and sort of the first up, ten episodes. Yeah, anyway. like and like uh, just the whole idea that you know like be, there's no such thing as being set in your age. Like yeah. you can learn these things. These things are navigatable. It's exactly. just another kind of uh, framework of. And like, I think we even society. thought you know leave it open. And don't say Samantha's dead, mm-hmm. but that, you know, she's, she's in L.A. She's, in she's LA. working in L.A. Yeah. And that leaves the door open in case Kim, Kim Cattrall wants to make friends mm-hmm. after, you know, if the first season, the first 10 episodes do really well. And she's like, oh, I would like a million dollars an episode, please, that you can bring her in in season two. And then she gets there and it's kind of, you know, she's competing with mm-hmm. Carrie's um, assistant or yeah. something like that. And, like, Carrie's assistant, I would have, like, Janelle Monet as Carrie's assistant. Just someone who is drop-dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking one of the girls from Pose. But, like, at the same time, do you want to put, like, a, like, trans woman of color in an assistant position? Like, And it would get... I feel like it would feel like you were... It would Shoehorn. Be... I've seen a lot of people actually talk about that. Sort of the idea that, like, no, just make it another white woman. Like, it doesn't need to be a forced, like, woman of color. Well, it wouldn't color. be forced. There are... People, people yeah. of color yeah. exist in the world. I, I, that isn't the word, wording. Sex in the City's New York was incredibly white. Mm-hmm. Like very rarely was yeah. there a, a character of color. And the only time that I can remember that sticks out in my head is when Samantha was dating a black guy mm-hmm. and his sister was like, fuck no, white woman, you are not dating my mm-hmm. black brother. And Which I found that was a little bit off, like, off mm-hmm. color. Like, and I feel like that's the, that's the only time I remember. Oh, no, yeah. Miranda had a black boyfriend in season six. I mean, there were, like, Hispanic doctor, characters. I think. There were Latin, Latinx characters. Who? Miranda's girlfriend. She is Spanish. Samantha's girlfriend. Samantha's, Samantha's girlfriend. girlfriend. Samantha's girlfriend. Yes. Um, yeah, the one who squirted on her. Um, and talked in the bathtub. We should talk about our feelings. <laughs> we should talk about it. <laughs> She's like, I broke up with her. She wanted to talk. She wanted to talk about it. <laughs> but she bought her a strap on. 
It was, oh. you know, very lovely gift. That was before pegging even existed. <laughs> now all the straights are pegging. Well, no, no, no. This was Samantha's girlfriend bought her a strap-on yeah. so that they could have sex sex. Wait. If lesbians use strap-on, is that still pegging? Or is it just an exclusively heterosexual I think it's only thing? when you're fucking a guy. Okay. I think it's only a girl fucking a guy. Because other Nick told me that it's just... He said it was just straight couples. Oh, yeah. I think it's only a straight okay. thing. But, like... Hmm. I was about to say, if a cis guy puts a strap on <laughs> has sex with his girlfriend... <laughs> like... Double penetration, like one in the pink, one in the stink. Um, maybe, but also like if you're like, if you're like, I guess if you're a scaly, like you could get a strap on that has like a hole in the side, and it's like you have the two dick thing. They exist. They they do. Oh yeah. Okay, I've seen them. Okay, they exist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this isn't even the sex episode. No. This, <laughs> this is the talking about Star Wars and TV episode. I mean, the jokes on you. Listeners and viewers, like every episode is the sex episode. <laughs> That's why we're just animated heads. <laughs> I um, actually had someone talk to me. It was like, I like, and after we got talking for a while, it's like I can easily imagine you being naked every single episode that you record. And I'm like, not completely naked, not every episode. Like I mean, you were like an hour ago. I had underwear on when you were wearing the hoodie. Yeah, the, the, hoodie? the hoodie. Oh, we got hoodies we, by we the way. Oodies. Yeah, we did. We actually got hoodies. We got hoodies. They're wonderful. They the are, but big. it's not—it's not really cold enough in this winter so far. I know, like, it's, or maybe it's just the fact that we actually have an apartment that has decent insulation. Maybe, <laughs> but it's barely been below freezing this winter, and it's mm-hmm. like we're almost halfway through January, and it's like snowed twice. There has not been a night where I've had to go close my window. Yeah, in fact, there have been nights that I had to open my window. That's crazy. Yeah, those are the nights where I have two windows open. Yeah. Because I've got the window like on this wall night, and like, this one. I had such a hard time sleeping. I was so warm. Wow. Yeah. He's... Yeah. He, wow. Yeah. yeah. Nick is not a person. Nick Nick is very... I am a heat sink. Okay? The reason why I'm most sexually attracted to Zagreus from Hades is because he's got warm feet. Like, <laughs> that... I don't fetishize a lot of things about body types and stuff. I fetishize body heat. I'm really warm. <clears throat> I know. All the time. I know. I had the door open to the balcony so that we could get cold air in here, and he closed it on Zach, me. I didn't. Re- I thought you had left. Didn't you? Well, I did leave, soon. but that didn't mean the door needed to close. You were only close. gone for like five minutes. I was gone for like a half hour. I watched a bunch of YouTube. And oh, ate I was writing, so time must have of spare ribs. Spent by. Okay. Ate like nothing. Ate like nothing. Okay. Anyway, uh, so what is your Sex in the City plot? Actually, I think that that was pretty much the same as mine. Like, I was, I, oh. I wanted to have Carrie working for a magazine so she could, you could have more side characters, like, at the magazine management level and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, her assistant could be with the magazine, and maybe at one point Carrie goes off the rails and the magazine wants to have too many constraints, and a plot point could be about her leaving and going independent and having her own independent blog. And her, like, assistant kind of figure kind of just follows her. That would be interesting, like, if the magazine is kind of, like, because she had a lot of leeway with her column and she's been, like, writing books and stuff, Mm -hmm. that the magazine is very much, like, we need an article about this, it needs Mm -hmm. to be this many words, which, you know, professional writer, but after a while, Mm -hmm. they they keep shooting down her ideas. Mm -hmm. And so she leaves and she's like, I don't know what to do. And... Her assistant could be like, write a mm-hmm. blog. Yeah. Or vlog. Like, like, do vlogging. Even though the assistant is like, a new Carrie, character. Carrie, you've got an iPhone. Go to a fashion show and vlog. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Carrie becoming like, 
Oh, this like matronly kind of like fashion icon about in New York. New York society. Yeah. Like oh. the the like the looking at New York society from the eyes mm-hmm. of someone in it. Yeah. Not like, someone outside. Yeah, or not even like from the position of a magazine, but from someone who kind of came up in this society. Like what mm-hmm. is the society like? Um a big th- I I my ideas were more focused on theme and kind of talking about uh, you know, I wanted to have an exchange between Carrie and Miranda where Carrie's kind of losing her stuff. Like, she's so confused about what New York is. Um, this assistant type figure who doesn't necessarily need to be assistant. They could be uh, even a manager, a supervisor for Carrie. I wouldn't um, have them be the man. Oh, that would be interesting, though. Mm-hmm. If Carrie gets a job at a magazine, she's got a manager who's younger than her. <laughs> like, by, like, 20 years younger than her. Oh, that'd be cool. But then the manager probably wouldn't follow her to doing a vlog. Well, maybe not follow her, but still kind of like stay on, stay with the girls, like be a friend and stuff. As or maybe it... Carrie wouldn't leave the magazine, but mm-hmm. she'd be like, okay, I'm going to do your little puff Yeah, pieces. and then her stuff is on the side. Yeah, and it's her stuff that kind of is making her famous mm-hmm. or like getting her a lot of press and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the magazine is like, Carrie, we'd like you to write for us more. <laughs> and then she can kind of be, negotiate and be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to write what I want to write. Yeah. And then you go oh, and then you can, Then you two. can get like a jack and liz kind of relationship between carrie and her manager like I, sorry guys i just really want to repeat that magic like jack 30 and liz. rock oh my god yeah 30 rock which i've rewatched recently i think i've mentioned that on mm-hmm. a podcast before um the 30 rock is one of those shows i love listening to you watch it because there's always something new you just lose your shit at yeah like some piece of culture some piece of understanding how something i noticed yeah when i'm watching a tv show i'm never watching it mm-hmm. like unless i'm sitting on the couch watching something like that's just come out mm-hmm. i usually have it on in the background as i'm playing a video game or something like that um like right now i'm playing hyrule warriors mm-hmm. and i've got a lot of stuff going on in the background yeah. and so, like, when I actually sit down and watch a show, I notice so many things I never noticed you, before. You Visual watched, gags. You watched stuff. 30 Rock when we were in the uh, transition apartment. And so you yeah. didn't have anything to do. But yeah, my kind of themes for Sex in the City is like, I wanted to have a, like. Because in- Amazon Prime had it. And I was like, oh, thank God. An interaction between Carrie and Miranda where Carrie is kind of breaking down because she's so confused. The new girl um, uh, or non binary character is kind of a different experience for her and it's not that and she's trying to figure this out but it's it's alerting her yeah, I imagine and she, Carrie and she's just kind of super confused by non-binary people I, I can see Carrie coming around to it because Carrie starts, oh absolutely yeah. but I, Carrie Carrie picked up on those things usually in one episode like that's what the episodes were about oh I was away from Mike a little bit but I feel like she would she would be like you know pretty woke with trans people like like fine with trans mm-hmm. people in all well she knew trans ways. people in the first series didn't she uh Samantha's prostitute friends, sex worker friends. They were in one episode, and they, they were they they returned now and then. No, they, they didn't. They they no. It was implied that they stayed friends, though. At the end of that episode, they never came back, though. Okay, but Carrie never really narrated uh, tertiary characters, though. So, like, what's just like each episode was like a column, so she wouldn't really reference those characters again. Like, she, I, she never did. Okay, okay. I am. I've I've got the Sex in the City encyclopedia. I know. I'm just saying that what was in the episodes isn't necessarily like an ongoing explanation of what happened. Like Samantha could have kept up those friends and Carrie just wouldn't have talked about it because it never factored into an episode. It's possible, but it was never in the show. That's fair. You're right. You're right. We but can't anyway, take these things for granted. That she'd be confused by non-binary people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that would be an episode I mean, where she has... I'm to... confused by non-binary people, and I, I, I am a non-binary people. A non-binary people? Non-binary people. Non-binary people. Non-binary. 
No I mean, burning. Like, that's, burning bad. And, like, the thing about, like, I, that I would like to kind of push push on Carrie is that, like, sure, it's confusing, but that's okay. Like, it doesn't need to be not confusing. Yeah, it's okay to be confused. Yeah, like... It's okay to not know absolutely everything about yeah, just, something. My gender is potato. <laughs> LOL. Like, and then Carrie's like, okay, I get it. Like... <laughs> um, you know, this isn't to say that gender identity doesn't matter to some people. It's a individual case by case sort of situation where I get that. Nick's gender is potato. My gender a lot of my genders are potato. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to have like an exchange between Karen and Miranda. We'll get back to that. Like um where Carrie just is kind of just breaking down and it's like all those things that we talked about people happening to people who are live in the suburbs. It happened to me. Mm-hmm. And just like kind of in disbelief that she let herself become suburb- so suburban. Disconnection from society yeah. and just living like, in isolated, this little suburban yeah. bubble. And your society becomes the other women in the suburb mm-hmm. and, you know, their cakes that they make. And mm-hmm. the book clubs and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, Carrie, Carrie would definitely kind of host a book club. Yeah, that would end up happening. That, that would be her. No, it, when she was in the suburbs, that would be her thing. Yeah, I know. She, that's what yeah. I mean. Like. She would kind of fall into that trap. Just, that's uh, that's what would Carrie Carrie's never not worked. Like I can't imagine how snaky she would go just living in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And, and see, like, and this is what I mean. Like, this is what the show is really rife for. James, when we heard the news initially that it was going to get a quote reboot, James was worried that they would just be rebooting the main show. Yeah, I thought they were just going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's Carrie, Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda. We're going to try this again. Four different actresses. Like they tried it, it again. It was now. called Girls, and it didn't work out. So well, well. They, that wasn't a remake of Sex. And the I know, City, but, but it was you know four girls in new york in their 20s and mm-hmm. lots of people loved girls like it it, mm-hmm. it kind of made adam driver famous yeah i i watched the first season and a half i didn't think it was bad but it wasn't enough for me to keep coming back every week mm-hmm. but like with sex and the, the same City, thing happened the, with looking the characters are so rife and kind not rife ripe ripe what's the word i'm looking for rife Right. Ripe, ripe for... Fle- they're fleshed out. They're very consolidated. They're very clear- crystallized and clear. And, like, you know, you can see where these character- how these characters could get to these places mm-hmm. later on. And so this is a really good property for something that you need to return to. Yeah, it's, I think it's something that's worth returning to. Mm-hmm. And whether it's just... I think, you know, they've announced the 10-episode se- 10 miniseries is what mm-hmm. they're calling it. But if it brings a lot of attention, there'll, there'll be another seat. HBO Max is desperate for content mm. and desperate for viewers. Like so, I would watch it. Like I want to watch it. Oh, I plan on it. Like mm-hmm. I'm like rewatching Sex in the City from episode one is on oh. my radar now. I should pick up when you actually get to the parts that I haven't seen and kind of actually watch it through. So it would be like mid season yeah. four when she's with Aiden for yeah. the second time. Okay, yeah. Because like Carrie started to piss me off, and that's why I stopped watching. Carrie cause... pissed a lot of people off. That was the thing. Carrie was. A, a very protagonist, f- yeah. but not the hero. She was a very, but like we very we ca- flawed. Yeah, we talked about this before. Is like because like Carrie is like you watch it and you're like oh my god Carrie Bradshaw she's so glamour and it's like then you start to think about it, it's like oh she was actually did some like really shitty things, and then when you think about it more like Carrie had lots of flaws but she was such a strangely positive character mm-hmm. like in sp- like on paper everything that Carrie did she cheated on her boyfriends constantly. Uh, like, really bad with money yeah really bad with money like things that you say like oh this shouldn't be what we look for in a character that we idolize and that could also be a thing where she never got good with money mm-hmm. because she was well, bad we... with money then she married rich and mm-hmm. she didn't need to think about money yeah and now she needs to think about money and she's like 
Well, yeah, we talked. We talked about that. She, she's going to buy a condo or an apartment in Manhattan, and like she's going through, and then the the real the real estate agent is kind of being like, like she's looking at one that's like a good a decent size, mm-hmm. you know, a bedroom, two bedroom, yeah. like something like that, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, yeah, I like this one, and she's like eight million dollars, and then Carrie's like, and then Carrie's like to the camera's like, oh, the, to the real estate agent, like, oh, that, that sounds reasonable, and then she turns away, and is like, what the yeah (laughs) (laughs) um that'd be funny played for laughs because you know especially if she's been out of manhattan for Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years or like 10 years Mm -hmm. and suddenly she's back into manhattan real estate where she when she left manhattan she had a rent control apartment she had an well she had to buy that apartment but the last time she was renting paying for an apartment Mm -hmm. monthly it was 800 dollars a month for her studio apartment which i mean I would kill to have that apartment oh for eight hundred dollars. I don't even a, live in New York. It had a view of the park, and she was in the Upper West Side. Like I, I mean, I liked how they addressed that. She addressed how lucky she was. Yeah, um, and that's the thing about Carrie is like she has these negative things on paper, but the show did a really good job at sort of very subtly highlighting the areas that she is very exceptional. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, each show is her narration of the events, like it's her depiction of the events. Never once does she make one of her friends the butt of a joke. No, never. Well, the butt of a joke, sure, but she doesn't make fun of her friends. She treats them irreverently. Irrever- yeah. She yeah, she she is nothing. She they are glowing human beings in her eyes, all yeah. of them. Um and we get to see where all of them are strong. We get to see some of them, yeah, they they have silly moments. Like Samantha is the sexiest, Miranda mm-hmm. the sexiest person. Miranda is the smartest person. <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte is, is the, the nicest person. person. Yeah. Like they never have a real flaw. Mm-hmm. And that was what Riz really smart and interesting in the last two episodes when mm-hmm. it wasn't Carrie's narration yeah. and you saw them without the frosted glass. Yeah, the, the, the Carrie, Carrie vision. Yeah, without the Carrie vision. Yeah, And, and like, it's not that they were suddenly bad people, mm-hmm. but you suddenly saw that their lives were far from perfect. Yeah, and Carrie, and that's what I love about Carrie is that she is just so, she so is so ginger to her friends. She, she treats them so gingerly. Like, yeah. And I think that is, that, that makes up for a lot of the stuff that she did do. Like she never really did anything to her friends. No, she no. got into fights with Miranda, but that she did things to men she was with. Yeah, and when she did get into fights, she apo- she apologized. They came yeah. back together. They talked about things like human beings. Yeah, and like you know, Carrie, kind of an avid narcissist, but you know, who isn't a total narcissist? Who isn't? I don't it, think I'm it's a kind of a trait among writers. <laughs> I don't think I'm a narcissist at all. I just make videos of myself that go on for an hour and a half. <laughs> No narcissism there. And then make a podcast so I can hear myself talk for an hour. <laughs> but um, while Sex in the City is something that James and I both agree is something that could have used a re- revisit to, there are things that pro- were probably better left the way they were. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars. And I want to preface, James and I... I'm going to let you intro this one. <laughs> like Star Wars. I grew up on Star Wars. Um, Star Wars was kind of not tertiary but I loved Star Wars as a kid but it was never my main thing Star Wars and Thumbelina maybe a few Disney movies were the first movies that I can remember ever watching Thumbelina? Mm -hmm. It's not even a good Don Bluth movie Uh, I still got the song in my head Thumbelina Wasn't Charo in that? I don't even fucking know Like, Gucci Yes, I think so. Because she had a song about how she needed to marry them all. Thumbelina needed to marry them all. That that wasn't Charo. That okay. was um, 
Oh god! Oh god! I forget her name. She's a she was. A and comedian. my mom, my mom hated that Mary movie so much because I just watched it on loop. But I, I also watched uh, Return of the Jedi on loop. Like I didn't really get a whole lot of New Hope. I, I didn't. I did, Return of the Jedi was the one I always watched. Yeah. I didn't get a whole lot of A New Hope because it just seemed really boring and like okay they escape the Death Star and then there's another climax and even when I was that young I was like this is narratively weird. Um, yes, I always. Every time I watched it, I expect, even though I knew how, mm-hmm. like, it ended, when they escaped the Death Star, I expected credits. Yeah. It seems such, like, a relief and climax. I mean, granted, like, the the trench, the flying into the trenches thing, that did it's, top the escape. Oh, it's great. Yeah. But, I mean, you have the, the hero, di- the such, mentor dying. Yeah, you have... it's such a weird lull at the end of the second act. Yeah. And, like, it just kind of, and, and this is something we can talk about later, just somehow in the last act, it manages to completely re- To pick re- up and re- make re- it worth re- it. Reimagine the action. And, like, yeah, George Lucas is bizarrely good for that. But that might have been more his wife. With the editing. With the editing. Um, but, so, like, Star Wars has probably been the most formative thing in my creative life. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, I know that it has its flaws. I know that A New Hope isn't particularly a fantastic movie. Oh, low power mode crap. Okay, can we do a blip? He never charges his phone. I did, but it has gone down a lot. Lots of technical issues today. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... We apologize. We now return to your regular scheduled programming. But, so, like, Star Wars has been formative to me. Like, and even when I recognize some of the flaws, like... Uh, for instance, I didn't ever watch uh, Empire Strikes Back when I was a, ch- a kid because it's, me neither. it was scary to me, but not scary to you. You just thought it was boring. Yeah, I didn't find it scary. I, I would watch the first, I would watch the Hoth section mm-hmm. and then I would like put on Return of the Jedi. Uh, it all seems when I, sco- so scary like, the, to me. The, 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 I finally, my mother hates Star Wars, mm-hmm. always hated it, but I finally convinced her to watch them with me one day and we were going to watch all three mm-hmm. or she was like, fine, I'll watch them. And I even prefaced, well, we can skip the, the the middle one. And so, you know, the whole, even me as like an eight-year-old was like, we don't need to watch Empire Strikes Back. Oh That's fine. God. Then I, when I actually was able to watch Empire Strikes Back, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Uh, which is, uh, we won't talk about the fandom appreciation of episode seven. Eight. Eight. No, not seven. Uh, appreciation of episode five Empire Strikes Back because it's really weird because like when it came out fans hated tr- it true fans of the original Star Wars hated Empire Strikes Back yeah they they <clears throat> loathed Empire there Strikes Back there wasn't enough action the whole thing about Darth Vader being Luke's father was dumb spoilers right yeah sorry <laughs> I'm really 40 bad years later <laughs> uh, and like people were just not happy and so George Lucas lightened it up and that's how we got Ewoks and then the fans did nothing but complain about that for 20 years yeah and then he didn't make movie star wars movies for another like 16 years Mm -hmm. or 15 years because he was like you can't make these people happy i think it was more about the graphical limitations that existed no no he said in interviews that he was he felt so defeated after the reaction to return of the jedi that he just didn't want to return to star wars himself Mm -hmm. um and, you know, he let other people do it with books and comics and video games and all that kind of stuff. But he was like, I can't do Star Wars. And then he got, it got to the point where technology had, had advanced where he was like, I can do my prequels now. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of, he self-financed them because he was like, 
I don't want anyone telling me what to do. And he never did. He 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 made the movies he wanted to do for Mm -hmm. good or ill. The prequels are the movies that George Lucas wanted them to be. Never disliked the prequels. Like I kind of got badgered into saying they were bad movies, and they're not the best made. Uh, They're fun, but like I dis I completely disagree with they're not the best made. They're not the best written. Yeah, because I was about to say that like. With George but, Lucas, like with wise. the movies that George Lucas has directed, um, and this might be a neurodivergent thing because people have kind of suspected that about George Lucas. With George Lucas, he is one of the greatest visual storytellers, I think, in Hollywood. Because mm-hmm. you can turn the sound off on any movie that he directed and know exactly what's going on. Yeah, from THX to Star Wars mm-hmm. to like American he, Graffiti. And, and that's kind of indicative of the fact that he doesn't pay that much attention to a script, like fine detailing, making <laughs> sure that everything works. But because he just delivers the story visually. Mm. And like we were kind of earlier because uh, James ha- uh, James got me for Christmas the General Grievous kind of spaceship starfighter thing, Lego set. We we're putting it together and I was like, how did George Lucas build such an iconic villain in half a movie? Yeah. Like, three like scenes. he's really only in the first act of Revenge of the yeah, Sith. Yeah, but he did that in every movie he made. He did not for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, Darth Vader is, like, in there for nothing. Grand Moff Tarkin should not be remembered at all. Boba Fett in Empire yeah. should not be remembered. Like... Jabba the Hutt. Like, Duke, Dooku, Grievous, Darth Maul. Like, they became iconic, and he is just really good at that. Mm-hmm. And, like, we started doing a comparison. Because when you look at them, even even Count Dooku, who's, you know, it's just Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. But when you look at him, you Identifiable. immediately yeah. know this is Count Dooku, whether mm-hmm. it's because it's Christopher Lee or if, if it's the curved lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like, he always made sure that they were, you could pick them out of it in a lineup because mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure you could pick them out on the toy store shelf. Yeah. And that's kind of what he was thinking. They needed to be visually distinct. They needed to be something that you could... That were it was unique because that was a big component of his creation of Star Wars is I want to create a galaxy full of things. Yeah, um, things specifically yeah. full of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we keep doing this. <laughs> um, it's a new setup, and we just kind of this kind of line of conversation got us thinking about like how is Disney fucking this up? Yeah, because like. I, I we we had kind of like a back and forth where we were we were being George Lucas kind of critiquing like Star Wars as being like specifically the Mandalorian. It's like, okay, you did a really good job with Baby Yoda. Like, so you finally have something that is you know culturally permeable. Um, oh, and then at the end of the, the season, second season, they take him away. Like, okay, you made this spaceship for the Mandalorian. Okay, now he's gonna go around in space. And oh, you're starting to make Lego of it. That's great too. Uh, and, and now you blew, you blew it up. Because. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, just the disappointment, because George Lucas made things to be made into toys. Mm-hmm. And, like, and just little that's things where like... most of his money came from. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, the Star Wars movies made a lot of money. Yeah, Each they broke one records, of them yeah. But, like, I think three of them mm-hmm. that he directed were the, became the highest grossing movie of all time for mm-hmm. a short period. Yep. A New Hope, um, uh, Phantom Menace. A New Hope and Phantom Menace did... Maybe Attack of the Clones? I think, I, maybe Return of the Jedi did. Maybe. I, I can't remember. remember. But and maybe Attack maybe, of the Clones. Maybe Revenge of the Sith. No, I don't think Revenge of the Sith did as well as they wanted it to or did it. I don't know. I know that Phantom Menace and A New Hope were both like No, because Phantom Menace came out after Titanic. Maybe it was opening <clears> weekends. <throat> anyway, they all made a fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
like so like they all made money but the vast majority of the money that he made came from the merchandising yeah because he very smartly made sure that fox gave him the merchandising rights mm-hmm. when he made the first n- nobody, movie because nobody made toys for movies yeah like oh what, what are you gonna do like make a, a starsky and hutch car yeah. okay you know a couple hundred kids will buy it mm-hmm. and that's the way they thought yeah. they didn't think oh you're gonna make everything in this movie into an action figure george, and people are going to buy it because they need to fill that canteen like and, and this is me kind of probably being rose tinted because george lucas i think wanted people to care about the things that he cared about in his own mind and that's why mm-hmm. he merchandised everything he wanted people to have these in the way that he so had that them you could yeah. tell your own star wars stories yeah. at home and like toys were so important to star wars and that was very clear even in the kinds of things that they built for star wars the different designs mm-hmm. and stuff the atsts the ATATs, the snow speeders the like when the i Y-wings, was a kid A-wings. when i was a kid so i'm talking like in like 1996 mm-hmm. when i was like eight before eight or seven or eight before the 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 special editions even came out mm-hmm. The the toy store shelf was full oh, of Star yeah, Wars toys. Yeah, there, there is a sh- there was a Shock T action figure. Shock T is a Jedi who is in a deleted scene of Episode Three. <laughs> like, but, but but like before the special editions, before the the prequels, there were they just filled the mm-hmm. the aisle. There was a Star, Star Wars, Wars aisle in some places. Like, oh yeah, when Episode One came out, yeah, there was a yeah. Star Wars aisle at Walmart mm-hmm. where I was. Um, but now you go to Walmart, Toys R Us, and there's like four or five different figures. Yeah, and and, and like, you know, and they're not even cool ones. Yeah, like, and this is what it's the thing. ones that didn't sell well. Like I, I, like James and I both really like Episode Eight, but and and I and there's I like, a lot of uh, I like how they killed Snoke. Sorry, spoilers. Um, oh, they know. I, I like I like the I like the whole kind of narrative directions for the movie. But like with the killing of Snoke, that's problematic because they killed their only visually distinct character in that trilogy. Well, the yeah. only visually distinct character. Because you can say, well, Kylo Ren is visually distinct. No, he's a cosplayer of Darth Vader. Yeah, and he doesn't have a singular costume. He doesn't have a singular look. He had his lightsaber, which I guess. But then again, they never... George Lucas always had clear character directions and motives for all of his characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how he could establish Grievous so quickly because Grievous was constructed around archetypes. Yeah, you immediately saw Grievous, this four-armed uh, android mm-hmm. with a, a coughing fit. Yeah, and you were like, you didn't, you weren't going to forget. Yeah, that. especially because so much about the character was unstated. Like, no, it, in the all the visual representations, the original Clone Wars cartoons and the movie. Uh, original Clone Wars cartoon, which was better, the best one. Um, that, that's just the drawn animated one. Yeah, I know what one you're talking uh, about. With the, the miniseries. The one with the, the Grievous episode yeah. where it's like a horror oh, movie. Oh, yeah, that was great. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, <laughs> but Puts like, Jason to shame. <laughs> like, it was never clear that Grievous was a cyborg, that he was organic parts inside a mechanical casing because he got burned off or something. Yeah. Like, fans filled that out. In the actual, like, George Lucas didn't really need to have that in there. He didn't want to have an explanation about who Grievous was. Grievous was a problem. He died. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you didn't need to have the backstory about Grievous because, like, that's just, that wasn't important. He was a problem for the Republic. Yeah. And, I mean, you look, like, but you can, like we but said with you. Can, but you, when you look at him, you can read into his history, his backstory. Yeah. And like well, like we were saying with the original trilogy, you had very distinct characters mm-hmm. in every movie. In the prequels, mm-hmm. you had very distinct characters in mm-hmm. every movie. And with the new movies, you had distinct 
ish characters Mm -hmm. in the first movie because Mm -hmm. you had um uh snoke as the hologram and everyone Mm -hmm. thought he was a giant you had um uh lapita nyong'o uh the character not mon mothma Mm -hmm. um maz kanata maz kanata um and she was very visually Mm -hmm. interesting but by the end of it it's just Okay, well, it's Palpatine. We already know what he looks like. Yeah. We already know what Ray looks like. We already know what Finn players. looks like. And like I said, they ne- they never managed to build up Kylo Ren to being kind of distinct in any way whatsoever uh, over three movies. When George yeah. Lucas could do it in half a movie. And I mean, in The Mandalorian, they did a bit better. Be- but again, The Mandalorian is just kind of mm-hmm. Boba Fett slash Jango Fett with a different color. Yeah. Um, but you do Which have the, Baby Yoda. All that drama about not letting Pedro Pascal take off the helmet seemed very kind of... Dumb. Dumb. Especially, um, and, it was, and you could see what they were doing. Like, they were just kind of driving it to the sense that he wouldn't take off his helmet for anyone except for Baby Yoda. Grogu. Whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but you have Baby Yoda, who was very visually gra- mm-hmm. grabbing. Um, eventually, you had, like, Ashoka, who, mm-hmm. yes, she had been there in the cartoons and stuff, but finally seeing her in live action mm-hmm. and done so well was very visually arresting. You had a new design for Boba Fett. You had a new design for Boba Fett. You had the new ship. You mm-hmm. had new ships in general. Yeah. You had the Darksaber. You had um, the new Imperial stuff. All of that. And so they did create new things, but they mm-hmm. haven't merchandised them. Yeah. And that's what is missing, I feel, because when you watch a Star War now... Mm-hmm. And you love everything in it. Mm-hmm. You can't take any of it home right away. Yeah, you have to wait for the a year to come for out. Baby yeah. Yoda. A yeah. year. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I waited a year for a stuffed Baby Yoda, and then I ordered the Baby Yoda action figure, and it's less than an inch high. Which I get it to scale. Yeah, but yeah. still, it is to scale. Thirty dollars. It is adorable. Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. Bit much. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like the the new trilogy. And this is something I will prize episode eight about because you got the most new shit from that movie. Well, you got the redesigned Adats. You mm-hmm. got the, the Snoke uh, Star Destroyer. You got the. Which I'm I'm so pissed off. There's still no Lego of that. You got the Praetorian Guard. Um, you you got the uh, the Canto Bite, which was interesting to see a high society yeah. of the Republic because we'd seen the politics. And everyone's seen made Coruscant. fun of the weird horse things, but they're new. They're new. Yeah. Uh, people made fun of half the shit in the pre- in the prequel trilogy. Now apparently it's golden. Like yeah, which like people made fun of Yoda <laughs> when when Empire came yeah, out. They yeah. were they they were like the I can't there's a Muppet like, in this. Yeah, and it's I mean, like now everyone's like get rid of the CGI one. We want the Muppet. <laughs> which like and and then like, Porgs. They had Porgs. Porgs, Porgs made, which they also did not market. They didn't market even because they were like, oh, everyone's going to hate the Porgs. Everyone and loved everyone the Porgs. Like, and why is that? Because they didn't overuse them, which is something that George Lucas wasn't that great at. <laughs> yeah. Credit but, where credit's due, but, you know, no one's perfect. But, like, I would have bought a, a stuffed Porg. So many Porgs. I mean, Porgs exist in Star Wars land, I guess, which is where they're putting all the stuff because they want you to come to the fucking parks instead of actually marketing anything. Sorry for swears. Um, yeah, it's like, I can't go to your fucking park because there's a fucking pandemic right now. Not just that. I'm not made out of money. Well, yeah, because like if you, th- this is something that I don't think Americans, I think Americans take for granted mm-hmm. that really the cost of going to Disney World slash mm-hmm. Disneyland in America is the cost of going to the park mm-hmm. and the stay and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For Canada, you've got to lop in a fifteen hundred dollar plane ticket. Yeah, because flights in Canada are expensive. And flights ex- out of Canada are very expensive. Are expensive. You've got to you've got to 
take into account several hundred dollars for a passport. Mm-hmm. Like, it Unless just, you already have one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like you've got to add all of this together and it it adds up really quickly and yeah. it makes going to Disney World or Disneyland very cost prohibitive. Like, and I, I'm lucky to have gone to Disneyland when I was much, much younger. I think I was like 13. Like, I've never been to Disneyland. Yeah. But like, I had grandparents that traveled around a lot of America and a lot of the world later on uh, following my grandfather's job. So I got to go to a, a lot of places in America. Um, you know, I was actually underwhelmed by the Grand Canyon, just saying. Um, it was just a giant hole. It was a giant hole. I can there see were, those on there X-Tube so, any night. There were, <laughs> there were so many cooler canyons and like the deserts of America, that place. We're like, frick, frick, frick. The deserts you, of America. You, you taught in New Mexico. There were so many cool I taught at New like, Mexico. Places. You taught in New Mexico. My grandpa- oh, you my grand- taught yeah. in New Mexico. My grandfather worked in uh, Salt Lake City for a while. We got accosted by Mormons knocking on our door. Not physically accosted. They just talked to us about Jesus. I Sorry, did that. they're a weird Jesus. That, that happened to me once. They came to my door. I was like... I mean, it didn't hurt that they weren't bad to look at. There never are. No. I don't know what's in the water down there in Salt Lake. Blonde. Well, salt in Salt Lake. But they yeah. a lot of the Mormons who left the America were very fair-haired. Yeah. They just kind of, yeah. They decided to Genetic go population, spread like spread the word. But like... um, Same with Jehovah's Witnesses. But yeah, like episode eight was... Who wants was... to become a Jehovah's Witness? Their whole belief is the world is ending imminently. Oh, That's not God. fun. I don't want to talk about the world ending. <laughs> Okay, since this, all right, so we were basically done, and this yeah. this po- episode has been filled with nothing but technical issues. Yeah, so we're so gonna end it now. We're gonna cut our losses. Yeah, we're gonna stop now. We were yeah. it, it was getting we were we it was were getting wrong anyway. and stuff. And we, were Star, getting, we, Star Wars. we were doing great. Uh, <laughs> we were doing wonderful. We, we were winning. We were we, we were winning. Yes. Uh, so we're gonna keep winning. Thank you for listening. My name is James. I'm Nick. And next week we'll be back with an episode that hopefully doesn't have as many technical issues. It doesn't have four hours of audio on the thing. Anyway. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I am James. I'm Nick. We'll see you again next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.